and welcome to Crying on My Yoga Mat. My name is JD, and this podcast is all about building a community where alongside amazing guests, we have real conversations about the low lows, celebrate the highs, and everything in between. I know what it's like to go through life feeling stuck and powerless to do anything about it. Here, you'll meet yourself where you are and learn tangible tools to help you become who you want to be while honoring the journey. You've gotten this far, so let's keep going together. Take a deep breath and let's go. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Crying on My Yoga Mat. I, of course, am JD. So for today's episode, I would call it the social dilemma if I wouldn't get sued for it. Essentially, what we are going to go over is an issue that I know a lot of us are facing right now. Then we'll go into kind of more the depth of it and we'll come out on the other side of it with some thoughts and tips about how we can work through it. So to start off, my mornings have been so dang hard lately. It's been redonkulously difficult to get out of bed. I've just been feeling that lonely, like I have not enough good stuff going for me just as soon as I wake up. And then instantly I turn to social media. And of course, it's initially just to check like, yeah, I just want to see what happened while I was sleeping. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Since that works out. So hours later, I'm still in bed being on my phone for hours, being filled with the world and what they have to say. And just the feelings of comparison are already upon me. I'm there. I'm in the depth of it, looking at everybody else working with their kids, living their days, decorating their new home, what have you. And I'm doing what? Laying in bed, watching people live their lives on social media. And again, those feelings of comparison, I don't know if you feel them too. The typical advice that people give when we say that social media is draining us is kind of the, well, put limits on it, change up who you follow. And it's one thing to follow people who are problematic and that's what triggers us. But it's another thing when it's our family and our friends that we're watching them live their lives and we're feeling that jealousy. And you're watching them succeed and... For me, when I'm watching these people win, which yes, I am also absolutely rooting for you with every single win you get, but I'm in my bed looking at myself being like, man, JD, you don't even have your shit together. To be honest with you guys, I have been pretty addicted to my phone and social media ever since I first got my hands on them. So I think I first got a Facebook account when I was grade 10. And then my cell phone I got when I was 16. So just going into grade 11, essentially. And backstory that some of you may know by now, I grew up an only child. So I was born an only child. I only gained siblings when I entered adulthood. But growing up an only child... I lived in a mobile home park, so a trailer park, with no friends in the immediate neighborhood, no family in the immediate neighborhood. 
all that I really had was my parents and my dad worked nights for a bulk of my life. So essentially all that I had was my mom. I really didn't get to spend time with my peers outside of school and church and whatever extracurriculars that I had. Typically, they just didn't live nearby. It wasn't easy to access or schedule. Just all of those typical caveats and excuses, right? So when social media and texting came along, like when I say social media, please know I mean Facebook and MSN Messenger, especially MSN Messenger, because back in the day, we used to literally talk on the phone for hours. It would just be hours of chit-chatting with your friend. And as an only child, as a lonely as fuck kid and teenager and preteen, being able to have that connection to people outside of the hours that I usually got to was everything to me. It was everything. Now, no, I'm an ambivert, which means I'm an extrovert and an introvert. I get filled both ways. But, you know, your introversion gets filled pretty quick (laughs) when you are an only child and you spend a good portion of the time alone. And so when I got to interact with people, it just filled me so much. And that's something that's never really left me. I never fully learned how to give myself the attention that I needed. Can you relate to that? It's such an interesting feeling, even just to say that out loud or to admit it to ourselves. I never fully learned how to give myself the attention that I needed. So I looked outside of myself for it. I looked to friends. I looked to classmates to go into more reasons why we can feel this way. One is not wanting to be alone with our thoughts or delving into our psyche in our downtime. I know that I've said it before, but I am honestly scared to be alone with my brain. It turned into dissociation. Maybe you experienced that too, where You just don't want to be in your body in that time where you have feelings of just so strongly wanting to be elsewhere that you aren't connected to your body in that moment. You're doing everything you can to get away from your thoughts, to get away from your brain. And another reason, like I mentioned in the last solo episode of Crying on My Yoga Mat, I feel like people will forget about me or that they're never going to come into contact with me if I'm not interacting with Instagram stories. What are some of the reasons that you turn to social media? I know I'm not alone in this feeling. I was talking about all of this recently on my Instagram because I was blatantly saying that I need to spend less time on social media because it becomes this cycle where I go to social media to forget about my life, to forget about the regular everyday troubles that I have. And then I get triggered by social media. Like literally my nervous system gets triggered by what I see on social media. My fight or flight kicks in sometimes. My heart races 
I can cry. I can be angry. And then it's more of being stuck in my head. More of ruminating on the, these things that I'm seeing. While my emotions, the true depths of me, are inside still waiting to be dealt with and trying to make themselves seen and known. Something that I shared with my Instagram audience is I don't know how to stop running when all I've ever known how to do is run. How do I stop with these distractions of social media? One way to do it, which I've been learning through DBT, which is a modality of counseling and therapy, is we can have positive distractions. So we could have a folder on our phone of things that make us happy, of photos, videos, notes, things that make us smile and that we can turn to. We can have a list of people that we can talk to. But you know, when I'm stuck in my head and stuck in this cycle, right here where I am, I am scared to disconnect, to do what I've never done. Because as I've said, half of my life now has been spent on social, has been spent with this different way of keeping in contact with people, of making myself seen and known. Something that I've come to realize is that I betray myself every time that I turn to my phone instead of my body. When I'm going to social media for that quick fix to get away from what's going inside of me, I'm abandoning myself. <sighs> Abandonment is one of those things for me that I'm just so scared of. And yet I do it to myself 20, 100, 200 times a day. Every time that my body is asking me to listen and I'm not, I'm creating a further divide. I'm disconnecting from myself instead of just disconnecting from the internet. If you're listening to this podcast, good chance you're old enough to know what dial-up is. But back in the day, we literally turned off the internet in our households. We could turn it off. We could unplug it and not be able to access it unless it was plugged in again. It was magical. There was no 4G, 5G. And it's so interesting that the trade-off in the years was that instead of being able to turn our internet off, now we turn ourselves off. Now, we know that social media affects our health. But it's also true that we need community for our health, for our mental health, our physical health, our well-being overall. We need community. So we know that online isn't a complete replacement for in-person connection. Because it's really easy to feel inadequate when we're constantly comparing ourselves. When we're constantly seeing society telling us our worth. You're not worthy unless you're a parent. 
You're not worthy unless you're employed. You're not worthy unless you are able-bodied. You're not worthy unless you look like us. Spending our time on social media, we're seeing this enforced and reinforced and reinforced. But when we're taking the time to look inside of ourselves, we're seeing the truth. We're learning what our truth means. And when we're surrounding ourselves with a community that loves us, that wants to see us safe and uplifted, we're getting even more truth. We're learning boundaries that way. We're learning what it feels like to have and be a true friend. Everyone is going through it right now. Every single person that you come across is going through it. Sometimes they're not going to tell you. Sometimes you will not know. I am someone who is pretty blatantly probably going to tell you what's up and what's going on. I am, as you can tell, vulnerable and honest with what I'm feeling and where I'm at because that's natural to me. That's very easy to me. And then there's others like my partner, Ryan. It's impossible for him to have that depth of honesty with emotion sometimes. It's something that he's learning and working on because he knows it's important to me and it really helps me in our dynamic. It's not first nature to him. And it might not be first nature to you either. For me, going live on Instagram and talking out into the internet world about my struggle and saying that it's really hard for me to get up and that I'm scared and that I'm depressed and that I don't feel like I'm good enough, that's easy. Because I get messages after I talk about these things from you saying, hey, I feel this right now. I'm going through this too. Not a single one of us is alone in this. But how does it still feel like we are? We are so hard on ourselves. We have that inner perfectionist. The inner drill sergeant saying that things should be better. That we should be handling things a certain way. That our expressions, our reactions, our shoulds. We get so caught up in that comparison. Even when it's just comparing ourselves to ourselves, we can be so rough. And honestly, it just, it makes me wonder, how do other people manage these feelings? How do you manage these feelings? How do we start showing up for ourselves more often than we're showing up for the internet? One thing that I'm going to try is to relate to myself in more gentle ways. And it's hard. It's not easy, especially in the moment. It's so much easier to call ourselves out and be like, "Ooh, what you're doing is bad, rather than being like, 
hey, I see you're using a coping mechanism right now. Maybe we can move into doing something else. Taking a breath. Connecting with your brain, with your emotions. Being like, hey, I hear what you're saying. And we will address it. But right now, can we focus on something else? And making sure you are coming back to the underliers. If you know the underliers and the things that are coming up for you while you are engaging with social media, if it's accessible for you, go to therapy. Receive counseling. Speak with your friends about it if they have the capacity to. I love to read personal development books, but I have to take a break from those. Because when I'm in full personal development mode, I am so accidentally hard on myself because I'm putting so many lessons into play at once or beating myself up for not putting lessons into play. And then, of course, taking that break from the personal development and looking at social media and seeing the other people who clearly are putting the lessons into motion because look how good their lives are. But from here, we're going to speak more softly with ourselves. And we're going to thank the parts of us that are working so hard to protect us. We're going to give ourselves that extra love. As we've seen, for myself at the very least, what this comes down to is a longing for connection. Honestly, Connection is one of my biggest goals for 2022. It's, like I said, scary. (laughs) It's bizarrely scary. But we need connection. We have to have and be in community. I'd love to know more about what you think about community, what you want your community to look like in 2022. The question that I want to leave you with is how do we stay connected in the ways that actually feel like healthy connection for us? I'd love to hear any answers you have on that. You can always message me at crying on my yoga mat or send me an email cryingonmyyogamat at gmail.com. Many of us need outside accountability. Let's create a community together where we can have that. I am so excited to continue to grow with you this year, and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. You can tag me on Instagram at cryingonmyyogamat so I can see what you're learning and loving about the show. Until next time.